Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience powered by Gasoline Alley, Harley-Davidson. Today's guest is freestyle motocross athlete, Kane Saul. Welcome, mate. Good to be here. Who's Kane Saul? <laughs> Who is he? Is that a question or is it, are you going to tell me? It's not a statement. Uh, it'd have to be a question on that one, mate. Who are you? Um, Kane Saul, freestyle motocross rider from Australia. I've been doing that for since I was 14. So what's that, like 22 years now or something like that? Or Wow. So it's... um pretty crazy thinking doing still 22 years and i'm th- I'm 36 now and i'm still doing it like it's and yeah, that's a I still, like i look at photos from 2008 i posted a thing on instagram um last night it was me doing court overflips and i'm that was in 2008 and i'm still doing them now i'm like <laughs> i'm getting pretty old for this kind of shit so it's kind of yeah it's kind of surprising it's one of those things now i guess um you've got traceability of um through having you know socials you see when you posted it yeah. In the past, you never would have looked back at a photo. Say at 2008, you wouldn't have seen something from 95. Yeah, no, definitely. Know? Sort of. We see he's kind of got old photos that are like pixelated. You can't really see him of just like jumping back in the day and stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, and been, been riding for a long time. So, so were you a cool. 14 year old bike rider? That was your first ride of a bike? That's uh, pretty much, I don't know when it was first. I might have ridden a bike when I was yeah. younger than 14, but I actually got got a motorbike and started riding yeah. when I was 14. So, and then I started racing straight away. So that was pretty much when I first got introduced to actually riding properly and all that kind of stuff. So, Wow. So racing was your first, first port of call? Yeah. It was kind of just rode, like rode in the bush and all that sort of stuff. And then, um, John O. Porter moved yep. moved in a couple of houses up, and he got me into into it pretty quickly. So it was, um, as you can see, my skills built up pretty quick, and from him just bit riding with him every day. So it was, um, yeah, end up happening pretty quick. Yeah, it's a, um, yeah, isn't it a fun sport once you're in it? Yeah, until you get injured, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what was the first one? What was the first bike you got to to go race motocross? On? Um, as a eighty. Four model KX80, I think. Yep. yep. So back back then, that was like a little little green thing. I blew it up every every month, second month or whatever. And Dad always used to be pissed off at me for blowing it up. And but they kept it kept fixing it and kept kept me on the track. And so yep. it was um it was pretty cool. So like sorry for I reckon I spent a lot of lot of their money just rebuilding that thing, just keeping it running. Yeah. Well, it's um so eighty four like so you're fourteen so what's that two thousand and ninety eight what's yeah ninety eight you would have been fourteen yeah yeah somewhere in that clue, yeah so you you're on a eighty four model KX eighty at that point uh, in ninety eight yeah yeah I think I would have been eh? I think I remember buying Jono's factory race CR one two five and like his. 99 model i think it was oh really yeah because it was a 125 and it was a big step up and i was like yeah. too so short because i'm short as it is yeah but back then i was like really short <laughs> and i couldn't touch the ground on the 125 and i was trying to cruise around on it and it was like it was a pretty big bike and the thing was obviously fast so it was um it was hard to ride for me but picked it up pretty quick what was the um age difference between you and john was it three maybe three or four years wasn't it yeah i think four years yeah four years yeah I mean, he would have been a huge influence back then, hey? Yeah, he definitely was. Like as as I said, like we hung out every day together. Yeah. Mum would even let me have have days off school, and that would ex- probably explain a lot right now. But yeah, <laughs> days off school, and then, you know we'd just go ride in the bush every day. Yeah. Like even if I did go to school, I'd come straight home, go to Jono's, just get on my bike, go to Jono's, we go sh- ride straight out the back of our house into the state forest and 
go find jumps, build jumps, do tricks and all that kind of stuff. So he was, um, and I learned so much from him. So I think without him, my bike skills and all that kind of stuff, I'd be a little bit of a goon, I guess. But <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, pointing me in the right direction. Were you, um, were you a natural? No, I wasn't. No? No, it was kind of like... Yeah, I didn't really. I think I just had young. I was just young and just had like had a good go at everything. Like <laughs> John was like, hit that jump on Morado, and I like didn't really know how to jump, and yep. I'd loop out and everything, and then he'd kind of correct my technique and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's what I mean. Like without him, like yep. I don't think I would have been as good as I am today. So, man, that must have been that must have been a big hit for you guys when that happened to Jono. Yeah, it was. It was um, pretty heavy. It was crazy. So going up on Gladstone and that, um, you know, did you know him before he moved in a few doors up the road? No. I, um, so I was at school one day and then came home and mum came home from work and then she's like, we got a um, professional motocross family living, uh, family moving in two doors up. One of them's a professional motocross rider. Wow. And I was like, and then I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then mum's like, yeah, he goes through like five helmets a year. I'm like, he must be pretty shit. Like, why, why would you go through five helmets a year? <laughs> And then we didn't. I didn't really know the motocross scene or anything then. Yep. And then they, he moved in, like that next couple of days, and then went up and meet him. And then we became best friends straight away. And yeah, it's just like I had all these hand-me-downs, all these gear, and so I didn't really ever have to pay for much in that side of things. And yep. just went from there. Best friends from there. And yeah, how was racing? Racing was good. Yeah. I, picked, I picked that up pretty quickly after Jono, like a lot of coaching from Jono. Yeah. Um, so like I was I was racing that KX80, 84 model, and I was beating all these guys on like 98, like brand new bikes. Like wow. they were, I was like flogging them. Yeah. And this was just like central Queensland, like central Queensland, all club days and all that kind of stuff. And then got on the 125 and then I was still like beaten. I was always top three and then end up getting like third in CQ overall. And um, I never got graded to A grade though. I was always B grade, always C grade beating all the A graders. Yeah. But then they, I was a little bit inconsistent at the time. So I got graded to B grade and then that's when all the injuries started to happen and then, and then Jono happened and I sort of got over racing and then, um, yeah, it was kind of, I sort of, that was it. After Jono passed, I was like, I was done with racing. I was just, yeah, yeah, I was over it. Didn't want mum and Dougie to lose another son. So Dougie was Jono's dad, if, right. yeah, for those that didn't know. And he's um, he's married to my mum now. So Oh, really? They were, yeah, they were together when uh, Jono passed anyway. So so he went from best best friend to stepbrother. Yeah, wow. Mm. That's, man, that's heavy, eh? Yeah. You guys are very close. Yeah. Very, yeah. Because I see, like, always when you're up there, Always taking a photo off in Gladstone with, you know, is yeah. it John Porter Boulevard? Or yeah, John Porter Drive. Drives you can't down. do a road trip up there without getting yeah. a get selfie in front of the street sign. So that's pretty cool. It's just one. Yeah, it's such a um, it's such a thing for Aussie sport. Mm. Aussie that sign has been stolen like fourteen times already. Seriously? Yeah, everyone just keeps stealing. They just keep replacing it. So we uh, we got one at our compound, 50, 50 60 compound, but we yep. got ours made. So we got. There was a bit of a blow up about how dare you steal that sign. So disrespectful. I'm like, we got this actually made from the council. Like it yep. wasn't a, yeah, we didn't steal it. So, yeah, right. Because yeah, I, I think it'd be one of those things that, you know, it's such a, such a respectful thing. You yeah, know, to have something like that. It's kind of like people find it disrespectful to steal that sign, but I'm like, fuck, like it's kind of like, oh, sorry for swearing, but it's, it's kind of like, um, if I 
like I've if someone's got that sign, like good on them. Like it's a, everyone's going to kind of steal that sign. Like it's a like keepers, like you know. Yeah, it's a good addition to the like shed or whatever you, whatever you got going on at home. He was a he was a uh, massive piece of um, motocross history for Australia. Yeah, you know, he was a big big thing and just so uh, so professional. Yeah, you know, in the way everything was done. Yeah, on and off the bike, he was an absolute legend. So that's and I learned so much from him off the bike and. Yep. I guess without that as well, I wouldn't be who I am today. I'd probably be a little dickhead or something. Or, but I don't know, but he was just so nice to everyone off the bike, everyone yep. he met, like he gave time to fans and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm pretty much, yeah, followed in his footsteps, I hope, how most long, of the time. How long did you stop riding for? Did you just stop after that for a bit? Um, kind of stopped. We were all we were into mini bikes a lot at the time, but just yeah. like mini fifties, like Honda fifties, just racing them around, cruising around, having fun on them. And then I, as soon as John O passed, like I just stopped riding big yeah. bikes, like from then on. And I got that's when the mini bike scene was picking up, and I was started doing freestyle on mini bikes, and I ended up getting really good at it, and I ended up yeah. making a living out of it, and I was doing tricks on mini bikes that people weren't even doing on people weren't even flipping on big bikes at this stage, and I was doing court over flips and super flips on a mini bike at this stage, and I was yeah. like, hey, if I can make money out of this, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. run with it, and I'm like, that's pretty cool, and I got a full time gig for on Showtime riding mini bikes and then the Krusty Tour, I rode for them for like six years and I rode mini bikes the whole time for them as well. Wow. So, so you travelled the world riding mini bikes. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Such a peak time for them too, hey? It's yeah. It's sort of like 110's coming through now. Yeah. Sort of that. Everyone's getting back on the 110's yep. now and having some fun, yeah. So your introduction really to freestyle was through mini bikes? Um, well, sort of when I was when I was racing and riding with Jono, we Jono built like a freestyle. We always just used to do tricks in the yep. bush, like every day after school or whatever jump we could find. But Jono um, built a ramp set up behind uh, his dad's factory, and then we kind of he was he was actually like one of the top freestyles in Australia and the world at the time. So he I was just learning stuff from him, and obviously wasn't jumping as big because I didn't have the really good bike skills for jumping and all yep. that kind of stuff yeah but still on like seat grabs and double seat grabs and just like all basic tricks but because it was my race bike i didn't want to um cut hole cut grab holes in my seat on my seat and cut my seat <laughs> down so johnny came up with this little invention it was a high ace door handle that you help yourself into the door yep. into the car so I unbolted that and just screwed it to my subframe so I had something to grab onto just to do seat grabs so <laughs> from the race van yeah and um so then when I wasn't doing freestyle, I'd take that handle off and back into a race bike because I only had the one bike, obviously. So it was um, tough times back then, but you had to do what you had to do. That's it. That was probably racing in the time, hey? It was always just make make what you could, eh? Yeah, definitely. So your relationship with Showtime started way back then? Um, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you how long I've been with them. It would have been like over 15 years now, I think. Like wow. It's crazy. And up until you've still got the relationship there, but until this year where there's no shows, you, you're still yep, still with them, still with them, still yep, one of the top. We got the they've always got the main three riders. So you got Robbie Marshalls and Birchie, Brad Birch, yep. and the first two riders at the moment, and then I'm the third rider. So I can obviously go around. They'd sit there, the main two riders, so they go do all the shows, yep. and then whenever they need someone else, I fill in or three rider shows, and that's me. And I can also go off and do other shows. So. Which is which is kind of good in some ways, but then if they don't have any other shows, it kind of sucks because mm. you're not getting as much money. But it's um, I'm happy. I'm happy with that position, and it's uh, it's been pretty cool all over the years. 
Run around in you know the late nineties on a KX eighty. Would you ever thought you'd made a career out of doing this? Definitely not. Uh, not a not a chance. Like I didn't like at when I was racing. I kind of wanted. I was at that point. I'm like, this is what I want to do for a living. I want to race. And I was like, but I suffered so bad from arm pump. I guess everyone does. But I was like, at that point, I'd do six laps, and that's when all the broken bones started happening on the one two five. Like I'd. So I had that bad arm pump and I just come like flood out down the like whoops and just high side and just start snapping bones and stuff all because of my arm pump because I couldn't hang onto the bike and yeah. I, I actually looked into getting started this operation where they supposedly cut your veins, cut some tendon in your forearms to stop you getting arm pump and I was just like nearly got it and then that's when I was just kind of got out that was nearly at the, the Jono stage when he passed away so I kind of got over that and but um, yes, yeah, so I went from wanting to do that and then just having fun riding mini bikes. Yeah, just then, enjoying it. Yeah, and then I was like, never thought I'd really make a living out of it or anything like that. And then it got to the point the mini bike scene started to fade down, and I um, end up getting. I said to Gary, like, can you can you give me a big bike? So I, I don't want to find a real job. I want to start. I want to keep riding for the rest of my life. And yeah. he just go. He let me a. A YZ 250F, a Yamaha 250F at the yep. time that they were on, and um, we got on. I got on them, and I transferred. wasn't allowed to cut that bike up either, so I couldn't do any grab tricks yep. or anything like that. And went straight down to Sinclair's foam pit, did like 1075 flips into the foam pit, and then ended up doing 100 to dirt within that week. Wow. And then within within like the couple of months of riding I had more flip tricks than I did upright tricks like as because I was allowed to cut the bike up so I transferred everything I had from the mini bikes onto the big bikes real quick so then that secured me a full-time gig with Showtime on big bikes then so that was awesome also it happened that quick yeah that quick it adapted adapted over that <laughs> yep. quick wow it was just it was kind of scary for me like as you know as like I wasn't riding big bikes again I had to learn kind of not learn everything from the start but kind of start from scratch again and yeah i kind of all the transfer up from the tricks was a lot a lot easier because you had more time to do it you were jumping bigger higher and everything so it um i'm pretty happy that it happened that way so it's good and that's crazy to think that you say that that's easy to go to the bigger boy but <laughs> yeah. because obviously time time slows down in the air i'm guessing yeah and when you're jumping bigger jumps you've got more time yeah yeah, now I look back and I'm like, I get on a mini bike and I'm like, how, how the hell did I used to do that shit that I did back in the day? I'm like, there's no way I could do that now. I couldn't even like, couldn't even do a basic trick on them. It's like crazy. Wow. That's nuts to think, eh? Hey? Mm. So, sometimes yeah. we get in the foam pit and have some fun and we still do some pretty cool shit in the foam pit. I'm like, yeah. then that makes me think, yeah, I could do it if I wanted to, but I'm just like... I'm getting old now and everything hurts and I'm like, that's <laughs> probably how I'm going to get injured again, so... So you're you're 36 now. 36. Yep. So you're 36. We always like you're 36 and fit as anything. We always fit natural train like a trainer. I wasn't no. Huh? I was um right now I'm 36 and I'm probably the like the muscliest and fittest yep. I've ever been. Not probably not cardio fit, but just yep. like ever. Um, but um. Back in the Krusty tour days, I'd never trained. Back when I was younger, we used to ride BMX and stuff to school, yep. like BMX every day and motocross, so that kept me fit. Yep. Um, I always had like genetic, good genetics from my old boy. I don't know what happened to the other two brothers. They were kind of, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get any of that. Yeah. Um, but it was like, then I went on tour, never, never actually did strength conditioning training or anything like that. And then went on tour and put on 
with crusties back in the day europe tour and put on like 10 kilos and i got like kind of plumpish my face was round and i see photos of them like holy shit like that's that's me i'm like that's crazy and then moved to the gold coast when i was 20 um and i met some guys uh through that just through mates and mates and he um one of them was a trainer he goes i want you to come train with me and see if you see if you like it and i was like righto so I went and trained with him and every day trained then from like I pretty much haven't stopped training. And yep. it was like for the first year I trained with him every day and I was so sore. I'd wake up in the mornings, couldn't even like open my arms up, like biceps were that like that, that stiff. And, wow. and I just kept kept going. And ever since then, it's just like I need to train. I love it. And it's, yeah, it's good for your mental health as well. And I think everyone should do it, some kind of training. Just but, every day? Uh, yeah. Now you've made it a... Um a work as well. You turn yeah. that into passion, I guess. So into work. the the girlfriend, my girlfriend, I've had for nearly four years now. has been on my back about having a baby. So she's, um, I'm like, what am I going to do uh, when I don't ride? Like, I'm not going to need to support this this kid. So I'm, um, like, I'm into I'm into fitness and shit. So I may as well. I looked into getting my cert three and cert four in fitness. So yep. did that while coronavirus was happening and learned so much through that. And as I like at school I wasn't much of a learner as I said I got to have a lot of days off to go riding and then it was just blowing my mind like trying to learn all this stuff I was getting home at night just like losing my shit just like I can't do this I don't know how to do it and then girlfriend was helping me a little bit and then by the end of it I was killing it I was helping everyone else and just like learned so much and I was I'm like actually really into it so and I do it every day anyway so why not learn about it and now that it's sort of, I got my cert four qualified. Um, I'm just like it's just everything. Every day you just learn something new and going to get tech tips from like Ryan Gambin and stuff like that. Like people that have like that are about hundred percent. I'm about ten yep. percent. And it's just like and like I know a bit, but then you get those guys and you're like, I don't know if I can ever get to that level from all the head knocks I've had. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, you know, but I'm I'm learning every day and I'm I'm into it. And then I started. Built a gym at home and I started yeah. training mums. I've actually trained mums and bubs mostly. Yeah. So, but they, because um, I've actually, because like COVID's like just hit and then everyone's sort of, I don't have any shows from with Showtime or anything like that. So, or if I don't really do much during the day. So then they, it's good for time, time wise for them. They can come any day, any time of the day or afternoon yeah. and kind of stuff like that. So it's worked out pretty good. Nice little side project for me until. Stop yep. riding again, then just keep building that up while I go, and then pull back on that. Did you ever think you'd be doing that? I didn't know. I deal. just like everyone's been asking me all over the years, "What are you going to do when you don't ride?" I'm like, "I'm going to ride forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be riding forever." Yeah, yeah. Like, don't I don't want to I don't want to talk about. it. I just kept like brushing it, and then I just ever since Ali was kind of on my back about this baby thing, I'm like, oh, I need to support this this kid. We have a kid, so I need to sort my life out and need something to fall back on and. Yep. So it's working out so far, so we're good. Yeah, awesome, man. How'd you get on the Krusty Tour? How, um, how, did, how does that start? Well, they they seen what I was doing on mini bikes. Yeah. And as I was friends, through Jono, I was friends with Bilko and Sinks and all those boys, and they yep. were already on that tour. Mm-hmm. And then they just called, they obviously mentioned my name, showed them videos of what I was doing. And then that's when they had, I don't know what year it was, maybe 2005. Maybe they had a um, that world record show at Brisbane. 
Mm. Do you remember? Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Like Seth, yeah. Seth was jumping big, and Maddo was doing sea grabs. Was the outdoor jumping. one? Yeah, outdoor mm. one. So that was my first crusty show ever, and I just rocked up there. Never hit a super kicker on a mini bike or anything. I'm like, yep, I can do it. Go for it. Let's go. And then we get there and we're just crashing and eating shit, but just having having a good time. And then I was with them for six years after that. So, wow, was yeah, it good? Tra- traveled the world. Like I said, traveled the world riding mini bikes. Like yeah. it was, it was awesome. Like it was um, massive party scene. It's um, just all the riding and all the people are just awesome to hang out with. And yeah, wouldn't wouldn't take back anything. That's for sure. It was a good time for the sport too, hey. Yeah, like, it was. It was um, back then. It was yeah, freestyle was like massive. It was, yep. it was huge. What was the favorite location? Oh, it's been so many over the years. Um, obviously, ones close to home are always the best ones because you don't have to travel, and you get you obviously everyone gets sick of traveling all sure. the time and all that sort of stuff. But we've um, done shows in South America. Um, like Paraguay, I think one show was, and like we had to get escorted off the field from riot police because all the crowds, like 30,000 people just came in trying to get to us and, like, it was crazy. We were shitting ourselves, but the riot police surrounded around us and, like, got us off the football field and (laughs) stuff like that and, like, just stuff like that. I remember, always remember stuff like that. And But, like, we've done tours with um, even Nitro Circus tours with Sinks and Top Dog and Bilka and chucky and like we always had a good crew so like Mag- magaloof if anyone's ever heard of magaloof like that's yeah that's the place to be like birchie birchie um harry bink as well we all went to that one and that was like that was probably one of our best times we had kind of most stories you can't really share nah. share though so now nah, they're stories that keep under the hat forever <laughs> yeah definitely You've made some good mates out of it, eh? Yeah, 100%. We've um, mates till this day. Like, yep. we're sort of, everyone's, we always see each other when we go to the towns they're living in and not lately, of course, because the borders have been shut. But, um, yeah, everyone still keeps in touch with everyone and yep. it's good. We ride together. We've got tours coming up and wherever everyone's on tour, it works out perfect. So, But it's pretty dangerous getting, like, all the boys together and you just know it's just going to be a big party <laughs> scene again, so... Do you um, do you remember your first tour? Do you remember going on and were you nervous or what, what, do you remember anything about it? Um, well, the first tour was I don't I don't really know actually. I think it would have been a Crusty's Australian tour. Yeah, I think. But I do remember one tour. I broke my. I was riding big bikes and mini bikes, but I was wasn't doing shows on big bikes at this time. But we had a Europe tour for Crusty's back in the day, and I. The two two days before I come up short at Marshall's mm-hmm. compound out at um out near Ipswich somewhere I don't know um come up short seventy five frame case it snapped my ankle like that big bone on your ankle and then I was like I was messaging them like hey I think I broke my ankle but I can still I'm walking on I'm coming on this tour they're like well you can't you need like you you got a broken ankle I'm like well it's happening I'm so. Yeah. I ended up talking him into letting me go. I was only, I was only riding mini bikes, so I say five, four to five jumps a show. And I was like, I'm coming on this tour. I don't care. I'll eat so many painkillers just to finish, just to get yeah. these shows done. So I got overseas to Europe on crutches 
and I didn't put a – I had a, like a little boot on or whatever just when I wasn't riding. So I was on crutches the whole time. Then come showtime, just he- ate heaps of painkillers, which isn't good for you. <laughs> <laughs> just ate heaps of painkillers, did me five jumps, like did everything right. Like I obviously tried to weight that um, the other leg so I wouldn't yeah. t- t- put too much, too much pressure on that ankle because the doctor said, he goes, he, he goes – a bit of a big crack in there he goes there's a chance you're going to snap it fully snap it or you might get away with it so i don't know what you're doing so take Ah. a chance if you want so i took the chance and end up doing that whole tour and by the end of the tour man could come kind kind of good it was still sore but that was um (laughs) that was one to remember for sure now you you blokes and girls now that do that as well you must have a killer pain threshold yeah, you'd like to think so, and then it's kind of yeah. I've I've broken over thirty bones, so like a broken bone yeah. doesn't really bother me. But like say that, saying that, like I've when I broke snapped my femur in two thousand and two, like I was out cold for two weeks, like nearly died. So that was kind of like I don't remember that, but I wouldn't want to be awake when I snapped a femur. Like no. I wouldn't wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, so I think Harry Harry Bink snapped his femur at um, World Games, like couple of years back and he was awake that whole time and he said it was he was in so much pain so that was disgusting to watch that one yeah that, that was, was gross. yeah that was that fronty to over rotate yeah 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 you, you just see some of them and you think you know how does one not get away like a broken leg is horrendous yeah but how do you get away from just falling from the sky just yeah which you've done yeah, you know but um done, but i nearly didn't get away with it mm. so that was, what was the one in o2 that was uh, went to event. That was when we just first started backflipping. Yeah, so right. So I did. I'd only done like six before that event. Yep. And that was all off for like a different ramp, like Jono had his ramp. We had it jacked up on. It was on a trailer ramp. Yep. So we had the wheels jacked up off the ground. So it was like a kick, kick. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird. It wasn't a super kick. It was a standard ramp, like jacked up kind of thing. And then did six off that i think and then come that day went to zero gravity never jumped a super kicker on a big bike or anything i was like yeah i'll do it i don't care like i'm just 17 at the time just young and dumb (laughs) and i just turned 18 actually i think and um i was yeah so come to that time like never jumped a super kick i was rocked up jumping in practice jumping in practice suite and then did one perfect one in practice it was fine Mm -hmm. then come the night show I went to do it and then just like at this time, like, because we didn't practice into foam pits, it was just straight to dirt or anything like that. So I didn't really have the technique or know what I was doing. I was just winging it. Mm. And then come the night show, I was like, lean, I was, you see footage, I was leaning back. My my ass was on the back seat, like on the back mudguard before I even got to the ramp. Like I just full brain fade, didn't know yep. what I was doing. And then that stopped, as soon as I left the ramp, that stopped the rotation. Yeah. So the bike came down on me, landed on my head, foot peg went through my helmet. Um, like I nearly died on the spot. Like it was it was crazy. I do, there was a paramedic in the crowd and there was like volunteer Ambo people there or something. They didn't know what, I, I started convulsing. They didn't know what to do. They just stood back like, holy shit. Wow. Paramedic in the crowd and I climbed the fence, showed his badge or whatever, stuck a tube down my throat and saved my life like right there. And I seen him a couple of weeks later in hospital when I woke up and he said, if he wasn't there, I would, I'd be dead. So I was like, thank you, sir. Man, that's <laughs> huge. That, mate. Wow. And back in 2002. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I just turned 18, wasn't, and the doctor, because I had so, so much like head injuries from that. Yeah. I think they called it a gravel rash on the brain or something like that, but... I wasn't allowed to drink, just turned 18, wasn't allowed to drink for two years. 
Really? Yeah, that lasted six months. <laughs> <laughs> so that would probably explain a few more things about how I am now anyway. So, Mate, that is a, that's a huge one. Yeah. So that was a snap femur. I went through four operations in that one night because yep. that swelling was so bad. I got a scar from my knee up to my hip. Like yep. it's real thick as well. Yeah. Um, wrecked my shoulder on that one as well. So that was the start of all my shoulder injuries and... The head and head injury, well, that was like that was pretty bad, and that took me a bit to get over that. Like I didn't get back on the bike for ten months, and um, and then when I did get back on the bike, like I snapped my wrist first ride. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> this isn't this isn't working for me. <laughs> um, but then my that leg got infected. Like after after like probably six months of healing, there was a bit down the bottom, bit up the top that was always I was always picking at it. Yeah. And everyone's like, just leave it. And I'm like, there's something wrong with it. Like, and I couldn't, I couldn't stay awake. Like, my, I'd get, I'd be awake for an hour and I'd fall asleep. All I do all day is sleep. Yeah, right. And there's like, what's, what's wrong with him? And I went to, I let the, I let, didn't pick the scabs for a while, and they peel, they bubbled over into big yellow things. And I was like, yeah, stop picking it. Yeah, right, righto. Yeah. So mum took me to the doctor. Um, so the internal stitches they put in weren't dissolvable, so they got infected. And because it was infected for so long, that's gone down into my bone. And I was in hospital for a week, like on all these antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I honestly thought I was going to lose my leg. Like yeah. they said, there's a chance you could. And I'm like, so that was a, like the, one of the longest weeks of my life. I was like, I don't want to lose this leg. And they end up, end up cleaning me up. And anyway, so got, still got my legs. So yeah. that's a, it's a plus. Does that give you grief now? Yeah, definitely. That yeah. one does? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I also got hit by a car in 2014, snap tib and compound tib and fib on the other knee. Yeah. No, on the, that was on the same same leg actually. Same leg as that. Dude. And um so I had a had they rotted that and I've had like four or five operations on that just to get try and get the metal work in and end out and then they try when they tried to get it out, they um couldn't get a screw out, like stripped a head and like it had to take so much bone out and they did that. Like I'd be off the bike for another like four four months or whatever. I'm like I need I got to do shows like yeah. leave it in there and they're like so they left it in there and I had to get it, go back and get more operations later on and yeah that was a, was a pretty shit year. Because you were on the bicycle or something, hey? Yeah, I just got a knee reco. It started in March oh, 2014. No. <laughs> just about to get on back on the bike yeah. and then cycling. I don't like I don't like cycling, but I yeah. got a cycle bike because it was good low impact on the knees and all that yep. sort of stuff. It's going to build up those muscles and uh, cycling. And then uh, just going through a T intersection, and a dude just did not even see me and just T boned me. So he flipped me through the air, landed on my face. I had a big gravel rash across my forehead and compound tip and fib. Like I picked up my leg. I was still landing in the seating position somehow and then picked up my leg and went to move into a safe spot and that whole bottom half just dangled down and I was like, oh, that's pretty gross. And I'm like, but it did not hurt for one one bit, did not hurt. Wow. And I was just like, because the adrenaline was just pumping and I was like, holy shit. And then I'd seen, I turned around and it's like seeing the dude like driving up the road still. I was like, he's like leaving the scene. And then he ended up pulling up the road like 200 metres because he didn't even really know he hit me. He's oh, like, he man. was that shocked as well. And then he just come back down. He was like, the Ambo rocked up within probably a minute. It was like they were driving past. They knew it was going to happen. Or something. <laughs> they were there within a minute. And then they got me on the green whistle, which I didn't need at the time. I was just like, yeah, give us a green whistle. I don't mind a green whistle. Yep. I had a few of my time. So <laughs> that was, um, that sucked. And then the cops rocked up to the 
hospital yeah. when I was in there. I was like, what have I done? Like I, I got hit by a car and they're like, they just obviously standard procedure, take your blood and alcohol readings wow. and all that kind of stuff. And I actually thought I was in trouble for something. Yeah. So, but that was good. The readings came back negative for everything. So, so we were on the Goldie? That was there? Yeah. Yep. Happened in Mudrabar. Lucky it was. Gullen Street. Remember exactly where it is. The whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Mate, lucky it was someone like yourself that's had injury. Yeah. You know, like that scale of injury and being awake for it. You imagine. Yeah. Like what you do is superhuman. Like what, you yeah. know, athletes in different parts of motorcycling where they've had injuries and you see McDoon walking along with his legs the way they are now yeah, and that crazy it's superhuman you imagine if it was just joe blow on the street yeah. they, they probably couldn't, couldn't have dealt couldn't handle it yeah well that's what i called mum straight away i was in the ambulance i'm like hey mum, i just um got hit by a car yep compound tip and fib um and she's like no you didn't what are you doing and i was like 100 i did I just, the w- I just got hit by a car like my legs broken it's snapped yep. in half like it's at the bones poking out the skin yep she goes no you didn't what are you doing and i was like Right, I put you under the ambo lady. She got on the ambo lady and she goes, yep, yeah, it, it's happened, it did. And then she goes, oh, like, how did you not, were you not in pain? I was like, no, nah, it's fine. Like, it was just, I was just pissed off that it, some dude hit me in a car. Yeah. And even the ambo lady's like, are you, do you, like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just want to give us that green whistle. Like, that's just fine. <laughs> Mate. Yeah. Did, did it destroy your knee rico? Uh, well, the knee rico was on the left side. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So that... The snap femur from that 2002 crash yep. was on the right side. But because of all those, they put the rod through the top of my knee, which is weird. They usually put it in through the bottom, okay, through the tib. Yeah. Um, but they put it through the top for some reason. My doctors can't re- didn't like know why they did that. Yep. So I've had knee troubles since that day mm. from that. And it's kind of kind of sucks now because it's like now both my knees are shit. Yep. Like my knee Rico one's never, it's not as good as it used to be like, my meniscus keeps popping out all the time and the doctor said we can get back in there and clean it up. But in that at that stage, that knee reco, I had like 10 operations in that year and I was like, I'm not having another operation. I'll just yeah. deal with it like I'm sick of it. Like I'm sick of over getting hurt over this shit. So I'm just going to deal with two shitty knees now. Yeah, that's I'm getting old. It's, when I say people tell people I'm getting old, I'm like 36. They're like, how old are you? I'm like 36. And they're like, you're not old. And I'm like, my body's old. I've yeah. broke, broken over 30 bones. I feel it every day. I've aged it. Yeah. Do you keep track of things like the stem cell replacement stuff for knees and stuff? No, I haven't. No. It's like ever since I was growing up, I thought they got, there's going to be cures for all yeah. these broken bones and all that kind of stuff. So... Uh, so I definitely am going to start looking into it soon. It's going to yep. get to that. When I can't train like I want to, yep. I'm gonna de- it's definitely going to be on the on the cards. Yeah, do something something like that sort of thing because yep. it does seem, you know, I'm, I'm 36 as well and I've seen the evolution of how, you know, people have changed and done this and that. I'm sure that people can have longevity in their careers with stem cells and stuff like that moving forward, eh? Yeah, I hope so. Be, be good. good. Be good, mate. Then you can, you can actually ride forever. Yeah, that's the plan. You I, want want be, the, I want to be the oldest freestyle motocross rider in the world. That that would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Eh? <laughs> I don't think it'd be doing much, but yeah, it'd be on, pretty cool. On an electric bike. Yeah. Tell, tell, on something. Tell me this. Uh, you went on the Hutt and Huntington tour, didn't you, too? Like the, oh, I didn't go on that tour. No? Oh, I just, they called me up for the last stop at the Gold Coast. Oh, was it? So I only went there and did, that, did that last show with them, yeah. Yeah. So. Got to meet Kerry Hart there and hang out with him, which is a cool dude. And yeah, and uh, we end up riding with him out at Shuey's um, house one one afternoon and had a big ride day, which was pretty cool. And 
end up um, getting getting one of his jerseys off him and yeah. the, one of those Hart and Huntington, he gave out like um, necklaces, things that were worth like three grand or something. So oh, wow. I ended up getting one of them, didn't even do the whole tour. So I got his jersey and that, that necklace framed yeah. up in a cool frame at home. So That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because I remember the, that one because that's the one that up here that in the memory I thought you must have done the, yeah. the full no, I, don't, I think I might have had showtime shows at the time, so yep. I couldn't couldn't do the whole tour. So, man, that that was a um, they did a good job with that tour too, hey? Yeah, it was awesome. I think yeah. that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, why'd you jump the Harley? How'd that come about? Um, well, Gav from Quick Fix um, Harley in Mildura. Yep, Gav Walker. He just he always had that vision of someone flipping a Harley, and right. he says he put it out to a few dudes like Matto and a couple of other guys, and they didn't want anything to do with it. They're just like, nah, not happening. Don't do it. And then he rang me, and I was just like, yep, I'll do it. Just not even thinking like, haven't even ridden, ridden a Harley before. Yep. I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'll go for it. Like, what's it? Just a bike? Let's let's flip it. Yep. And then I thought we'd have six months to prepare prepare for this thing, and then he rang me. Like probably a week or two later, and goes, you need to get down here now. We've got to go to Cam Singh's foam pit. We need to practice this foam, this flip into the foam pit, and then do it to dirt yeah. within by Sunday. Because he heard truck, because he'd spent like six months on building this Harley to yeah. flip that it was flippable. So he had it was a XR twelve hundred Sportster. So he had um, KDM suspension on the front and back, like on I don't know what it was on the back, just stiffer springs. Yeah. Um, but it was made it so it would, you could actually to perform the trick, perform the flip on it and land without snapping your ankles and your wrists or whatever. Yeah. So there's a couple of little mods to it, but it was still like, I don't know how much they weigh, like 300 and some kilos or... Still pretty heavy, eh? So like crazy. So I'd never ridden a Harley before. And he's like, you need to come down because Chuck Ruthers is claiming he's going to flip the same bike on Sunday. Huh. And I was like, shit. Right, it's all happening. And then I started freaking out. I was like, fuck, fuck. Never, <laughs> never ridden a Harley before. So flew down there and um, sinks foam pit. We um, got on the Harley, rode around for about 10 minutes just around the paddock. Yep. I was just like, yep, sweet, right, let's go. Did a straight jump into the foam pit, nearly missed the foam pit, like nearly went too long because I didn't know they had torque, that power. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, that was that was pretty high. And I seen a photo of that the other day. I was like, first jump into the foam First time I rode a Harley, may as well jump it into the foam pit. I was like, it was pretty funny. And then, um, so I ended up first jump into the pit was straight jump, and I was like, shit myself. And I was like, make sure if this thing lands on me, you just need to get it off me straight away. Like freaking out, I was scared to burning to death if something happened, like yep. something like that. And then were, everyone, we had so many people there helping out. And then my first flip came around off a super kick, came around perfect. And then I did like. 10 of them perfect into the pit. We pushed the ramp straight over to the dirt and then did it straight to dirt, like straight up first go. It was the best one I've ever done. Seriously? Yeah, and then, yeah, that stirred up a bit of shit on the internet with Carruthers and all that kind of stuff because he thought we just went out and bought a Harley just to beat him to do it. And yeah. like, it's not how it went down. Like someone spends six months getting this Harley ready to be the world's first backflip on a Harley Davidson yeah. and for someone else to come in and take that title, like not happening. Like Gav wanted that, wanted him to be a part of that. So we made that happen for Gav and it's a cool opportunity for me to get up the world's first. So, Yeah. It was huge, eh? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Then we went on to that Krusty's, put it on their live show that their um their last live show they did and and up doing twenty ten tour. Yeah, and up doing another ten on that tour. Yeah, and um 
think it was the first first one at Gosford or something. I did it. I went a bit long, snapped the back shocks off the Harley, compressed my spine like I was inside, couldn't move, landed it, rode out, just rode straight to the end of the footy field and then just stopped, like slowly stopped. Oh, no. And everyone kind of comes come running down, slap me on my back chair and I was like, don't touch me. Like, please do not touch me. Or like my back's bucked, like it's done. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, I can't move. So then they kind of stretched me off, went to hospital and got all scans and all that sort of stuff, put me on some pain meds, end up making the um, making the after party afterwards. <laughs> so <laughs> the compressed spine. <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, I was in so much pain. Then we had to show the weekend after um, in Darwin, I think. And like I couldn't, I tried to ride freestyle and I couldn't even jump, like jump that. And I was like, but the money I was getting for the Harley flip was like, like stupid, like crazy. I'm like, I'm not going to not flip the Harley. And they just yep. said, don't worry about it. We won't, we'll pull the Harley. I was like, nah, one jump, I got this. Yeah. And I landed it perfect, but I hit my ass on the seat again and then compressed my spine a little bit, but it was just, we just iced it and painkillers again and yeah. pretty much did that whole tour in pain and then crashed one. One at Melbourne, I think, crashed it, um, broke my ankle a little bit, yeah. but kept, like, as, as, <laughs> as we do, painkillers and just finished off that tour and ended up getting, crashed at Bundaberg, fell off the thing, but didn't hurt myself. Yep. Um, bike went into the fence, into the crowd, didn't hurt anyone, I was, like, happily, so, and then I think I landed the rest of them, so it was um, pretty pretty scary tour for that thing, like, you just sit on it and... It's like how, how every time I just got scary. I'm like, how can this thing be flipped? Because yeah. this thing's just nothing like I've ever felt before. And then a lot of people would say to me, like, use, like it's just another hull. It's just no, it's just another flip. Like it's just another bike you flip. And I'm like, righto, sit on it. Have a go. And they, this was people that toured with us, and yeah. they sit on it. And they they ride around. They're holy shit. Like we got so much more respect for you now that we've actually just ridden this thing around. Like they couldn't even like imagine flipping the thing. It was such a um, such a cool looking bike. Yeah, it was cool. It was pretty cool. It sounded, sounded cool too because yep. they had the pipes chopped off and just so so loud. And then when you flipped it, you just held it pin in the air and just yep. made it made everything sound so much scarier. So it was pretty cool. As a crowd member, it's a um, it's just something that's always going to be a memory. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. Like it, seeing a CRF do it or whatever. Okay, it's awesome. Yeah, but you see something like that, you're like, holy crap! Yeah. It's massive, isn't it? It's cool. So, and that's like a dude. A dude messaged me last night asking, um, saying the Harley flip. Like it's weird. Just messaged me last night. I haven't heard anything for ages. And he goes, Harley flip. You did, man. It's cool. You had different suspension on that. Yeah, like KDM front suspension or whatever. And he goes, yeah, that was the sickest thing I've ever seen. And it was like, so I'm still getting, still getting like fan mail from it. So yeah, it's cool. It kind of makes me think it's because I kind of look back and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then it's like. That was actually cool. And he goes, did you ever get a front cover for the like, free ride or anything? I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm like, I don't actually even recall even if it made a front cover for any magazine. Seriously? Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I right. don't know if it did or not. But yeah. if anyone like sees one or anything, like, I don't have any of them. So if it, if yeah. it did, like, let me know and I'll, I'd like to have one. Because it was a special moment in the sport. Yeah, definitely. I seen it the other week. Yeah, the bike. It's oh like, yeah, it's because like, that was the same one Seth was doing long distance jumps on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they obviously changed the swing arm on it and stuff like that, so it would um, ah. better to jump. So we, I tried flipping it into Jacko's foam pit right oh, really? before that tour, that um, Krusty tour. Yep. But they had Seth's long jump swing arm on it, yep. and I landed, just kept landing upside down. 
couldn't oh, get wow. it around. I'm like, we're like, what's going on? We can't work it out. And then Gav worked out. He swapped the swing arms over. So then as soon as we changed that back over, I was like, we're doing it. It's coming around. Really? Not easy, but it was coming around perfect. So the longer swing arm made that much of a difference. Yep, so much difference. Yeah, because the, the, I, was, I was up at a shop up the sunny coast and they got both up there at the moment. Yeah. And I see them like, and that's a cool piece of history. Yeah. So, yeah. And was it, like, was it fun? Not, not one bit. <laughs> not one bit. Every time I had to even, like, the thought of doing it was cool. Yeah. And then every time I'd go to just even go, to, like, the show was coming up, go to sit on the bike, you're like, I'm just like, what am I got myself into? Like, this yeah. is dangerous. Like, I shouldn't shouldn't be doing this. But, like, just young and yeah. just keen to have a go. And the money was so good. So I was yeah. just like, it's bought me a house and everything. So it was awesome. And then Gav... Gav ended up having this idea to flip a road king. Mm. So I was like, yep, righto, I'm in again. Oh, no. So we went down to Sinclair's um, foam pit again, yep. a different different foam pit at this time, and had a, he took all the bags and stuff off this road king and I tried three times to flip it into the pit and only get not even halfway around each time, bikes land on top of me. And yeah. then it was like, I'm like, God, this isn't happening. Like it needs, something needs to be changed because it's not coming around. Like yeah. and I wasn't doing anything different to the other bike. I was pulling harder and just wouldn't come around. And then, so we went to Jacko Strong's next, like a month or a couple of weeks later. Um, he made the bike really fast, yeah. like made it, spent five grand on the motor. So the thing was so crazy fast. We'd like yeah. this, might get it around. And I, it only get me around just a little bit past halfway, if that, like, and I had like another three goes at that. And I'm just like, this isn't happening again, Gav. Like something needs to fully change. Like you need to shorten the bike or like it's something, something needs to go on. So that um, that never happened, which yeah. kind of sucks for Gav because that's what that's what him and Harley wanted at the time, someone yeah. to flip a road king because you see yeah. that, that would be cool. Oh, mate. Because they wanted that at a Sturges event for one yep. year. Yeah. And, like, that was that was kind of going to be big money for me. Yeah. So we couldn't couldn't make that happen, but we were still, we were still talking about it for years and I, I got the point to, you know, to the point I'm like, you know, like like cheetah ramps they've got all those cheetah ramps and stuff now and like you can like how truck monster trucks flip mm-hmm. that kicks their front fours like yep. that's probably the only way i could see that road king like a mm-hmm. standard road king getting flipped and then even like that you'd need a real like an airbag lander or something real cushiony but yep. like that's pos that's possible and i'm like gav if you ever want to try that out like let me know we'll make it happen yep. and so, but that, nothing's happened yet. But I'm getting to that age now. I'm kind of like getting old. I'm like running out of time. If you want this to happen, like probably need to happen now. Or, but I, I don't know if I could do it. I think I'm getting older and getting scareder and or smarter, mm. getting a lot smarter and not really pushing the boundaries as much. So, because you're talking about over 300 kilos, yeah, at that point, you know, it's yeah. A, it's a fair fair jump up from from the XR twelve hundred. What was the XR twelve hundred like? Two two fifty, two fifty, two forty something. I think. So with them um, aftermarket parts on it, it's probably a bit heavier. Probably chucked a bit into it. Yeah. Because the forks were huge. The yeah. forks and triples yeah. on, on it were massive. massive like, after yeah. looking at it when they put the KDM stuff on. Yeah. So uh, it was pretty uh, pretty cool time. Yeah, crazy times. What's your um? What's a cool day in freestyle? What's been What's been a day that you can just remember? Wow, that was like obviously landing a world record, doing world first. That's that's one one big one. What's been another really good day? Um, oh, I'm not too sure. Um, 
Last last time I rode mini bikes on that crusty tour, I think I was doing. I nearly had like ruler flips on the thing. Like I had them that big over like forty five foot doing nearly doing ruler flips. And mm-hmm. I was like, and I've seen I've seen photos of them to this day. And I'm like, that's pretty pretty damn cool. But I remember one time at um our first our first backflips ever. Obviously back mm-hmm. in two thousand two was a, like a highlight, yeah. life, life highlight because we're at the top. I was second in the world to do it on one two five and top ten in the world beat first people to do it. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, but I remember riding out Shoeys with like Bill Carr and Sinks and all the boys, and Shoey had this big one ten dirt hit at the time, and we're all jumping it, and then Bilko, Bilko rocks up, cocky Bilko, he goes, I oh, flipped that third jump, flips it third jump, never flipped the dirt hit around like me, I've never flipped a dirt hit. And he talked talk me into it and I end up flipping the like 110 dirt hit, like it's a huge jump, like it just goes so high as well. I end up doing no handed flips off it, whip flips and just doing all this cool stuff off it. And so I remember like stuff like that, like cool riding days like that, it just gets your heart racing. You think yeah. I could really get hurt doing this <laughs> or it's just going to get work out perfect for me. So yeah. it worked out perfect. So it was, it was good. Yeah, some of, those, some of those compounds and that you've got to visit too, I guess days like that because you are with your mates – you're working as such as well, but yeah. I guess days like that are pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it is. It's um, and with that run together, it's kind of you have, you have to start start having fun and pushing yourselves. And we're yeah. back in the day we used to anyway, but these days I'm kind of just getting older yeah. and take, taking it safe and just um having fun doing it. How fifty six you come about? Um, we used to ride at um obviously Shoeys growing up, like when we first started. Then Adam yep. Bayard had a compound at in Brisbane. And that got shut down from a council. The neighbour across the road is a bit of a dickhead, and yep. just kept ringing every day. We were there, and even if we weren't there, he'd still ring the council. And like, it's just been a massive yeah. pain in the ass. So, two years of that going, complaints going on. They finally shut us down. You had to live there to ride there. So I was like, Bayard's like was kind of pointless. And then um, um, we just we put it out on the internet. We're like, we need somewhere to ride. Um, can anyone help us out? And then a buddy we used to ride for, Matt Lindors, he um, he just said, hey, I've got a bit of property down south. Come check it out. If it's good enough for you, you can do whatever you want there. Wow. Just look after it. And I went down there and it was like perfect distance for like 75 and the runoff was perfect and we had like it was on a, on a hill. Yeah. So we ended up getting um, sponsored by an earthwork company, which um, – did a lot of a lot of earthworks for us, moved a lot of dirt for yep. us, and then um, that um, just ever it just got it's been getting built bigger and bigger every year. So, um, like Harry's just spent another like I don't know, I say hundred grand on it. Just a lot yep. of earthworks, just getting these big airbags set up and all that kind of stuff. So. Over the years, it's gone from just having one 75-foot ram to, like, we've got, like, two side-bys. We've got the moon boot of concrete running. Everything's concrete running, concrete running to the foam pit, yep. concrete running to Harry's airbag. We've got, like, a big shed up the top. We've got three containers, storage, and it's just everything. We've got, like, 12 to 15 different ramps there to hit. Like, it's yep. crazy. It's like you can have so much fun there. It's or a good you setup, can get eh? hurt really easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good setup, eh? Yeah, it is, yeah. And foam pits, like, at, you're talking about jumping into them. They can be dangerous too, hey? Yeah, definitely. It's not just it's not yeah. just you're guaranteed, are you? No, I've um, luckily never really got that that hurt into a foam pit. But back in the day, like a dude, a young dude got paralysed in our foam pit in Gladstone. 
Wow. Um, just flipping a mini bike, like Albert hit the top of his head. Um, so he got paralyzed from that. Like top dogs snapped his snapped his tib and fib. With being being broken backs, everything like yep. that. It's not it's not fun. Like if you can learn a trick, not going into the foam pit, cool. Yeah. But if you need to go into the foam pit because you're doing something stupid, then yeah, you should definitely go Can into the foam pit. Yeah. What's the what's the new one that Harry's got? What's that? Is that are they like a new airbag setup? Air, obviously. Yeah. Hey? So everyone's doing these airbag things yeah. now. So instead of like in a foam pit, you jump into a foam pit and you're stuck in there. It's hard to get out, and you got to get the crane to lift you out. And then yeah. you just by then you're like, after like two jumps, you're ruined. Like yeah. you're physically drained. And then if you want to learn stuff, like being physically physically drained, it's like it's not helping you. So yeah. now these airbags, they jump, land in it, and they pretty much push their bike off to the side, straight back into it. Wow. Like it's just good to go. No crane, nothing. Like the airbag just deflates enough to get off the side of the bike and side of the airbag. And wow. It's just a, it's a game changer, Harry reckons. Yeah, it must be a huge thing. Yeah. What's What do you see the sport going to? Do you, like, do you see it accelerating further? Like you just look at each year you say, oh, that can't be done or that, but it's something else does change. Yeah. Well, everyone's been saying freestyle's dead since when 2010 but it's, it's not it's getting, getting it bigger going. and bigger it's always new things different yeah. different things going on like i don't know where it's where it's going but it's not stopping no. like maybe like shows and stuff might start to slow down like across the country and all that kind yeah. of stuff but like there's always going to be something like yeah. it's everyone's everyone's coming up with new tricks still and crazy stuff and it's at that stage, like, if you're young coming into the sport, like, you got so much to learn, yeah. so much. So, it's crazy. So, so much progression, hey? Yeah. Like, you know, you look at some of the stuff that Harry's trying to do and that. Yeah. Like, so he can add that. He's still pretty young, so he can, yeah. Yeah, he can have all that to himself. Do, do you think if you were coming into it at 20 that you'd look at some of the stuff that he's doing and go, wow. Definitely. I had, that, I had the same mental same. attitude that he did at, at that deal. age and I was just like, I was on. Yeah, I'm like, what is it? I'll do it. And now I'm just like, I could possibly get hurt from doing that. I'm not doing it. Yep, <laughs> not happening. I can understand that. Yeah. What's the um? What's been favourite bike over the time? Um, whatever, whoever we're sponsored by at the time, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, they've all, they've all been the same to me. Um, I had got sponsored by Husqvarna for a year, and at that stage, they were. They still had a carby, so they weren't fuel injected, and yep. I nearly died so many times jumping. Every time I'd hit the ramp, like yep. around a motocross track, perfect. Like yep. the bike felt so good, but every time I'd hit the ramp, it'd bog on me, and I'd be doing flips, and I'd like nearly just come round. Like this is so dangerous. But they, they were a good bike, but just had um, carby problems at the time. But now yeah. everything's fuel injected, so they're That's they're sweet. they're perfect. But we've been on Hondas since two thousand and. Uh, 12 or 13, 2013, I think. They're an awesome bike. Every uh, every bike we've been on has been awesome. Like, yeah. it's they're all the same, I think. I yeah. don't, it's just bikes are all good. just depends what colour you want. Yeah. If you don't like it, you like a certain bike, just change plastic to black. <laughs> <laughs> New bikes are always good. Yeah. Who's, who's been an influence through that, throughout the career? Um, Jono Porter's obviously the main one. Yeah. Um, then just because I've like grew up like riding with Sinclair and Bilko, like they were the main, main yep. influences as well. And just like Shuey, to learn a lot from Shuey as he like we'd ride out at his place like constantly every day. We'd just go and camp out at his compound overnight, even if he wasn't home and stuff. So yep. he was, he was awesome like that. And 
Pretty much all, all just all the Aussie Aussie likes that we're all friends with. They're yep. just everyone's just played played a big, big spot like um, point in my life and to where I am today. Can you like because you've all grown up basically doing this stuff together? Can you imagine in twenty years' time there's like a a retro tour or a veterans yeah. tour? Yeah, well they they tried that with that crusty tour like a couple of years ago, didn't they? And it just like didn't work. Didn't go ahead. Didn't work. It's mm. like. It's like they want to, because people want to see a show. They don't want to see a whole bunch of old dudes not really doing tricks anymore. So mm. it's kind of like you'd need, I don't know, it'd be it'd be cool, but you'd need something totally, a totally different theme or something like that. Yeah, something else to add to it. Something that would work for pe- that would people would actually want to go and see. Yeah, because you got your 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 OG fans like they're gonna go, but they'll still go. Yeah, how many of them? Like a lot of the new kid, young kids coming up, don't even know what crusties are these days. It's all nitro circuits and all stuff like that. So it's pretty amazing to think, eh? Considering like at the age that we're at, like crusties and that was just such a huge huge part of life. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. it was such a big thing to look at, and when VHS was a popular thing. Yep. yep. But, uh, well, mate, um, thank you so much for coming in. No worries. I'm it's, surprised I actually talked this much. I usually, I thought it'd be, I'm not much of a talker, so um, I didn't stop the whole time, which is surprising. No, you absolutely <laughs> nailed it, mate. And, um, yeah, once again, thanks so much for coming up here. And, no worries, uh, mate. Yeah, appreciate your time. Anytime. Cool. Thanks, man. Cheers.